uh, like to introduce uh, Jesse Huang, and he really, some of you may know him, and if you haven't met him, I'd encourage you to that. He is uh, from Iowa, Mason City, grew up in Mason City, and he actually lives now in, uh, what city, what town is that? Good question. No, uh, Marshalltown. Marshalltown, and so kind of in the middle of the state, right? Roughly? Kind of. Kind of. Anyway, if you know Iowa, it's kind of flat, so there is no areas. But we're glad to have him here and thankful for his willingness to uh, come and be a part. He isn't, he, um, he came and uh, came out on a missions trip and wanted to come and uh, just uh, be involved and get some ministry experience. And so we're thankful for his diligence, his willingness to uh, serve and participate in the ministry here, and then also for his uh, being able to expound the word to us. So if you come. Morning. If you would, uh, word. <laughs> if you would, uh, turn with me to First uh, John chapter five. Uh, if you don't have your Bible with you today, uh, you can find a Bible in front of you under the uh, seats in front of you. Um, before we open up here, let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for. Uh, once again, for this opportunity that we have to, to come here and to gather together to, to fellowship with one another and to, to worship you. Lord, thank you for, for your word and for giving us, um, giving us the opportunity to, to hold a copy of your word and to, to read it. And to learn from it, to know who you are and what you have done for us. Lord, I pray that as we uh, read through this passage this morning and that you would give me the um, clarity to be able to, um, to preach and to um, share the, the truth in your word. Um, I pray that you would help us to take the truth in this passage and to um, apply it to our lives to, to grow in our walk with you. Pray all of this in your name. Amen. So before we, um, before we jump into the passage here, I, I want to give you a little background to the passage. So the book of 1 John was written by the Apostle John. Um, there, are, there are five books in the New Testament that we would uh, tributes being written by the Apostle John. Uh, we have the Gospel of John, we have First and Second and Third John, and then we have Revelation. While uh, John does not specifically address a certain church or individual in uh, in First John, it it could have been written it could have been written to a, just one church. Um, but it is likely that it was written to multiple churches to encourage uh, multiple churches in the first century. And uh, what, but what we do know is that the letter, or the book of First John, is written as a letter. Uh, it is it is written almost as if uh, a father is speaking to his children, and, and more specifically, this letter would be a letter from. God the Father, written to believers, or his children, who are believers. Uh, so if you have your Bible open to 1 John, uh, we're going to read, sorry, not 1 John 5, 1 John 1, uh, 
we'll read in uh, verses 1 through 10. So it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, which our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that we have seen and heard and we declare to you that also, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word in his word is not in us. So as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, this letter was written as words from a father to his children. The overall, the overall theme of 1 John is spiritual fellowship. This is not simply the kind of fellowship that you have uh, with anyone else you see on a regular basis. Uh, it's not the kind of relationship that you have with your favorite barista or your grocery clerk or, or even um, your co-workers and, um, and close friends. The relationship here uh, is a relationship that is grounded on the perfect and righteous love of Jesus Christ. Uh, the picture most clearly portrayed is that of a relationship between a father and his children. Now, I understand some of you might consider your friends to be, um, to be family, um, but there is, there, is something, there is something to be said about the, the relationship between a biological or, or legal father and son. There, there, is a certain, there is a certain respect um, that is between the two individuals in that relationship. And uh, this, this relationship is even greater than, um, than that of a normal father and son because this is a relationship between God, who is, who is perfect, and, and his children. And so therefore, God's love is perfect since he is. So the relationship is even greater. So I've chosen to break down this passage into three points uh, to help us kind of understand this passage. And uh, while John does have a logical flow of thought, uh, I'm going to skip around just a little bit just to um, hopefully help us understand this passage a little bit better, um, not only as believers, but also for those of you who may not, um, who maybe haven't placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So the, um, the way we'll lay this out is, uh, first, spiritual fellowship is made possible. Second, spiritual fellowship seeks righteousness. 
And lastly, spiritual fellowship requires confession and honesty. So the first thing we'll see in this passage is that spiritual fellowship is made possible. So look with me again at verses 1 through 4. It says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have chosen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifest, and we have seen and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father, and which was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So here in these first, first four verses, uh, Jesus, not Jesus, John introduces us to the person who uh, created and is the very purpose for spiritual fellowship, and that is Jesus Christ. Our spiritual fellowship is unique to any other fellowship in that it involves a relationship with God. There was a time back in Genesis 3. <laughs> there was a time back in Genesis 3, um, back when... Um, Adam, when God created Adam and Eve, um, he, he came down and walked with man. He came down physically and walked with Adam and Eve each evening. Like, can you even imagine that? The God who created everything from the mountains to the, the bottom of the ocean to the lightning in the sky to the little veins in a plant and the galaxies far away, the God who created you and I, he came down to earth and he walked with Adam and Eve. I, I, I can only, I tend to think that that was probably the most wonderful times that Adam and Eve had while, that, while they were on this earth. But then we, we see in, in Genesis 3, and we're not going to go there um, this morning, but if you were to read the passage, you would see that Adam and Eve, um, their fellowship is broken with the Lord when they rebel against him. They, they sinned against him, they disobeyed his law, and therefore their relationship with him was, was cut off. And not only that, but their was a penalty for their sin. Um, they, they received a sin nature, and that sin nature affected all of mankind. Um, from then on, everyone who was born was born a sinner. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. We were all born sinners. And we see that in Romans uh, 3.23. So Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, Romans 623 says, for the wages of sin is death. And that's just the first part of it. But our sin not only separates us from having a relationship with God, but it also results in a death penalty for eternity. Now, if that was the end of the story, that would be the most depressing news that you had ever heard. We would, we would walk out of here literally with no hope. But that isn't the end of the story. Um, there's good news. 
God loved us so much, he, had, he made a way to redeem us, to, to restore that relationship between God and man. Um, there's a well-known verse that probably most of you know, maybe you, most of you probably have it memorized, and that's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, Romans 6.23, the, the whole verse says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. John explains in these first few verses of our passage that or how the fellowship was restored. Jesus, God's son, came to earth and was manifested among us. He was the word of life. He was the one that was seen and manifested to us. He was the one who lived a sinless life and who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. As we see at the end of uh, John chapter 3, verse 16, whoever believes in him and believes that they can be uh, forgiven through, his, through Christ's death on the cross, the, the sacrifice that he made for our sin, whoever believes in that can have eternal life. When, when, we, are able, when we are forgiven of our sin, we are able to have fellowship with God. Like, isn't that amazing? When we are forgiven of our sin, we are able to once again have that fellowship with Christ. may not be in person right now, um, it, but we are able to talk to him through prayer and through his word. And, and one day we do have the hope of going to be um, with Christ in his immediate presence. So... Um, so as we, the first thing we see in this passage is that spiritual fellowship is made possible. The second thing we see in this passage is that spiritual fellowship seeks righteousness. That's in verses uh, 5 through 7. So it says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. In these verses, we see the change that takes place in a person after they have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If we truly have accepted the gift of salvation and are walking in fellowship with the Lord, we are no longer going to stay in our sin. We might still sin and dishonor God uh, because we have a sin nature, but we are not going to, um, we are not going to continually try to live in our sin. In fact, we're going to try to do the complete opposite. We're going to try to live according to his word and because of our love for him. Uh, in verse 6, it says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Uh, if you turn to me or turn with me and uh, keep your finger in First John, but turn to Ephesians five, uh, there is a parallel passage that that talks about living in uh, 
living in newness of life uh, with Christ, living in the light rather than darkness. Um, starting in verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 5, says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship in the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So this passage, uh, in the first, first few verses of Ephesians, uh, Paul lays out different things that should be put away uh, when, we have ex- when we have accepted Christ and we are living the Christian life, we, um, we should not have, uh, or we should abstain from filthiness or foolish talking or coarse jesting. And, and there's all these things, characteristics that, uh, of, of, an, of a sinner. And uh, when, after we have accepted Christ, we should try to abstain from those. We should try to, to live according to, um, to righteousness. And in, uh, if you think about it like, like a fa- going to the picture of a father and the son, uh, if, a, if a son recognizes that he is part of a family, if he recognizes his father's authority, um, a son is going to try to, to live um, and obey his, his father's authority. Uh, he might not live he might not do that perfectly he he'll probably still disobey at times but but he's going to strive to obey his father because he is under the authority of his father and he and he loves his father hopefully <laughs> and uh so so we see that here uh in going back to first john we see in verse uh, 6, it says, If we say we have fellowship with him and walk, in the dark, and walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And then verse 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So, again, if we are, if we are truly believers we are going to strive for righteousness. And, and if, we, if we don't, if we, if we walk in sin, but we, but we say that we're believers, then we're lying. We're, we're deceiving ourselves. And uh, so then finally, uh, we see in our passage, um, our third point, Spiritual fellowship requires confession and honesty. Uh, look with me at verses 8 through 10. It says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and the word is not in us. So, if we, uh, again, if we are wanting to have fellowship with Christ, um, we, we 
should strive for righteousness. Now, let me, let me ask you a question. Can you have a good relationship with somebody who is dishonest? No, you can't. Um, you, might, you might think you could try to have a relation, good relationship with them, but when it comes down to it, a good relationship requires honesty. And, and so when we are, if we are not, um, if we are not living righteously or, or striving to live righteously, but we are saying that we are a believer, um, that, that's dishonest. And then also, if we are not, um, if we are not confessing our sins to the Lord, then there is there is tension in that relationship. In in verse in verse nine, it says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." So, a relationship with Christ. True fellowship with Christ requires um, confession and honesty. Going back to the illustration of a father and son, if a son disobeys his father, he's not disowned. He's still part of the family. But there is tension between the father and the son until that son acknowledges that, hey, I messed up, and and confesses what he did. now, have you ever wondered, like, if God gets tired of hearing us confess? <laughs> I mean, I, I've wondered that. I, there have been multiple times throughout my life where I have sinned, and, I, and I've confessed to the Lord, and then I'll sin again. I'll, and a lot of times it'll be the same exact sin. <laughs> and, even, and, uh, and then I'll have to go back and and confess it again, and, and I wonder, does God get tired of hearing me confess my sin? Is he going to, is, is there some point where he's going to be like, okay, Jesse, you, I'm, I'm, ti- <laughs> I'm tired of you repeating the same sin over again, and, and then uh, just coming back to me, and there's, there's a, uh, There's that, um, I guess that that fear that God will will get tired of us repenting, and He will uh, eventually just stop forgiving us. But here it says in verse nine, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God doesn't get tired of us repenting. In fact, he delights in repentance because, not, not because we sinned, but because when we repent, we are humbling ourselves before God and acknowledging his authority and um, acknowledging that he is the standard by which we live. Now, that doesn't mean that we can go back and uh, or it doesn't mean that we should, you know, confess and then go on sinning. Uh, we, as we saw, see from our passage, if if we are truly believers, we're going to strive for righteousness. We're not gonna, we're not gonna 
keep living in our sin with the excuse that, oh, God will forgive me. Um, Paul actually addresses that again in Romans, in Romans 6. Um, I'll just turn there real quick. Romans 6, verse 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And then verse 2, Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? What Paul is saying is, if we have, if we have died to our sin when we, when we were... Um, when we became believers, we can't, we can't just go on living in our sin. Because, because of our love for God, we're going we're gonna to strive for righteousness. Um, few, uh, not a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I preached over at Faith Baptist Church in Glendale. And I, um, my message was on Psalm 51. And as we, uh, as we read through that passage, it's easy to, to wonder, why did King David have to repent like that? Uh, Psalm 51 was a, a prayer that David, King David had written. It was a prayer of repentance after his sin with Bathsheba. And... And I don't know about you, but at least for me, looking at someone like David, it's like, why would he have to repent? I mean, this was the guy who, who, killed, uh, who killed lions and bears when they, when they tried to attack his flock. Uh, this was the guy who killed a giant and, and then later became one of the greatest kings of Israel. This was the man that God called a man after his own heart. So why did David have to repent? And it's because David was still a human who sinned. He was a sinner who sinned against a holy God. And even though he, God used him in some amazing ways, he was not exempt from his sin. He, he still sinned, and, and he recognized that as long as he lived in his sin and did not repent of his sin, uh, he couldn't have a good relationship with God. His, his sin would, would hinder him from having that joy and fellowship with Christ, knowing that he, um, he had sinned before a holy God. And so, and so David, he writes Psalm 51, repenting of his sin, and, and then at the end of the psalm, he is rejoicing over the fact that God is, um, has forgiven him of his sin. God is a merciful God, and he can have fellowship with God. So when we, have, um, when we do sin, we, we should be okay with confessing our sin to God because God desires to to have a relationship with us and he desires to see us humbled and submitting submitting under him uh, then in verse 10 here um, John points out one more thing he says if we say that we have not sinned in verse 10 if we say that we have not sinned 
we make him a liar, and the word is not in us. So John points out that if we are, um, if we are living in our sin, but we, we don't want to admit it, or we, or we say that we're not sinning, if we say that, then not only are we deceiving ourselves, and not only are we lying, but we are calling God a liar. We're, we're accusing God of lying because God lays out in his word clearly what sin is. And if we aren't willing to accept that God's word is truth, if we aren't willing to accept what God says in here, then we are placing ourselves before God and saying that we we know better, and that really God is the one that is lying. And that's, that's a serious charge, <laughs> especially to the God who created everything. Uh, God is the one who, um, who created everything, who designed everything. He's the one who set the standards. And... Uh, And so as we, as we look at this, um, as we've looked at this passage, um, I just want to encourage you with a couple things. Um, first of all, that um, there, is, there is spiritual fellowship. When we, have, when, we have, um, when we have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we can have, we can have joy in, in knowing that there is a God who loves us. There is a God who cares for us, and, and he's given us his word, the Bible, the, which is his word to us. And, and we, can, we can fellowship with him through prayer, through the reading of his word. We can, we can fellowship with other believers. Uh, we can find joy in that, that there are other people that were sinners, just like we were, like we are. <laughs> but we have all been, um, if we have placed our trust in Jesus Christ, we have been forgiven of our sin. And, and we can come here and fellowship um, around that fact. You know, many, I don't know, I don't know what all of you guys do uh, for a living or what, what you do each and every day, um, but I do know that if it wasn't for Christ and his um, the salvation that comes through him, if it wasn't for that, that element of um, salvation in Christianity, I probably wouldn't meet a lot of you. Uh, we probably wouldn't gather here and um, we wouldn't have that, that fellowship that we do under, uh, under Christ. And we are able to come here because of what Christ has done and we're able to fellowship with each other and rejoice over the fact that we are um, saved because of what Christ has done. So, um, first of all, there is, there is spiritual fellowship um, with, with Christ, a relationship that is greater than any other relationship. Um, but I, I want to encourage you, if you if you haven't placed your faith in 
trust in Jesus Christ. Um, if, if, you, if you haven't, um, if, or if you don't understand the, the forgiveness and the joy and the peace that comes um, with salvation, I mean, there is hope. God, God offers forgiveness for our sin. And, um, and we, can, we can rejoice in God's, God's grace and mercy, um, and we can have um, that relationship with him. And for those of you who have accepted Christ as your Savior, I just want to ask you, how is your relationship with Christ? Um, are you, is there sin in your life that is, that is maybe hindering you from, um, from fellowshipping with the Lord? Is there, um, are, you, are you taking advantage of God's word? He's given it to us to, to study and to, to read so that we can know who he is. And, uh, and in his word, by, by understanding who God is, we can also know how we ought to live. And um, so I'd just like to uh, encourage you to that this morning. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, I once again just thank you for um, this time that we are able to um, come here and um, we are able to read your word and understand it. Lord, I thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for, um, for your love and being willing to provide a a way of salvation for us when when we sinned against you. Um, God, we have we have sinned against you. I've sinned against you, and and our sin separates us from you. Um, but as uh, we saw in your word, you loved us so much you were willing to send your son to die on the cross for our sin. And if we believe in that, we can have forgiveness and eternal life. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that we would never, um, that we would never get over uh, or get tired of um, the fact that you had that kind of love for us. And I pray that that would motivate us to to love you and to live for you. Um, I pray that as we we go about our um, as we go about our lives throughout the the day and the rest of the week, and that we would continue to um, to walk faithfully with you and to find find the joy and the fellowship uh, that you offer. Um, pray all of, all of this in your name. Amen. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate that. I know it's kind of a little bit of a heavy message. And even understanding, as I was looking through, going through, 
you know, verse 3 that says, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, John and the apostles that saw the life of Christ, and says that you may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. And understanding is that we can know God through his Son, Jesus Christ. None of us have seen Jesus. We don't know what he looks like. We only know that one, you know, it's got the beard, the picture maybe they used to have on the wall. None of us have seen Jesus. But we can rest assured that John and the apostles had, they lived him. They says we touched him. We, we felt him. We knew what, where his wounds were. And we can know, because we knew Jesus, we can know God. And then others can know Jesus through our fellowship, our relationship, you know, with others, the unsaved Jesus. And remember as a reminder for us as individuals that our fellowship that we can have, as it talks about, you know, is made possible. We can have fellowship one with another because of the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And people see that relationship. And even as I was thinking through, oh man, I want to go through because John 2. You know, that's just the intro, John 2. It talks about love and, you know, it's children of God. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And by our fruit, by our works, and that's a, truly that fellowship we have with one another is because of Jesus Christ. And so the root cause, but also the fruit. And I thought maybe he'd give an illustration being, you know, from the farm because, you know, he could give that in the sprouts. But it is a, a blessing to be able to see um, individuals who are in the word and want to be able to share that with us. And so... Mm -hmm.